I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show from Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's programme, inflation is up but income tax is down. What do this week's announcements mean for borrowers and savers? House prices are falling, or are they? We view the properties that are still on the up. Pension investors, are they the unlikely winners in the credit crunch? And we have some good news and bad news on making payments in euros. I'm Matthew Vincent from FT Money, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleague from FT Money, Steve Lodge. Hello. And making her debut on the programme, I'm delighted to welcome the personal finance editor of Investors Chronicle, Moira O'Neill. Hello. Hello to you both. And uh, let's start then with this week's money news. Um, I think we were all made to ponder the question uh, in the last few days, when is a budget not a budget? We had announcements on the latest inflation figures, which seemed to call into question the forecasts that were contained in the Chancellor's dispatch box back in March. And then we had what was, well, almost tantamount to a new mini-budget on income tax, which increased personal allowances but lowered the threshold at which we all pay 40% tax. So... What does it mean for uh, mortgages, savings and pensions? Um, Steve, if we take mortgages first in the light of the inflation figures, um, what do you think is going to happen to rates? Well, um, nothing, frankly, Matthew. That's the suggestion the, that the Bank of England, the inflation will stay uh, sufficiently high that the Bank of England won't be able to cut rates until possibly 2010, more than a year away, year, two years away. So it's bad news for me with my tracker. It's bad news for everyone um, on um, st- uh, standard variable rates linked mortgage, a discounted mortgage and so on. It's also bad news for this new group of penalised borrowers, new borrowers, people taking out new borrowers now, the, uh, new mortgages now, where the rates are much higher, much greater premium to base than traditionally, linked to the problems in the wholesale uh, markets, of course, they're not going to see those rates come down. They may, many people will have, for example, taken out a tracker in recent times and said, OK, I'm paying a massive premium because of what's been happening with the credit crisis, but at least the rate will fall with base rates. Now the bad news is, of course, that um, they may have to wait till 2010 or certainly some time yet before they see any reduction in costs. It's a long time to wait. I suppose for you, your tracker is uh, is one that was taken out 
some years ago, so the, the premium is nowhere near as high. But it is these new borrowers who thought that rates were going to carry on falling who have now been caught out. Yes, and it does raise questions about whether there might be some tracker, some people on variable rate mortgages, if they're not tied in, it might be worth looking at fixes. Um, you know, the whole credit crisis will have made people think, crikey, you know, how on earth can I get certainty of this mortgage liability? And uh, one area might be very long-term fixes, of course, um, that have been relatively immune to the whole credit crisis area. And I believe they're offering of the order of six, uh, charging the order of 6% on a, on a 10-year mortgage. Obviously, you need to look at the whole range of costs, the upfront costs and the time and all the rest of it. But... Um, it, it could be that it could be that Gordon Brown finally gets some people signing up to those long-term fixes, um, which is always wanted. Which is always wanted. So there up. is there is a logic to what are you, what's been going on. Well, there's a method in in mm. all of this. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. But what's the flip side then for uh, for savers? If um, if rates are not mm. going to come down, that's got to be kind of good news for everyone with a savings account. Yes, or indeed not, not as bad news as you feared. You know, a sort of panicking Bank of England cuts rates has to be bad news for savers in the round. But again, just like in the mortgage market where you've got this disconnect between new mortgages and existing mortgages, you've got the same thing in the savings market, of course. You know, we've had three base rate cuts amounting to three quarters of a percentage point since December already. And yet the best buys, the absolute top best buys out there haven't changed. That's not to say that the accounts haven't changed, but the availability of those rates hasn't changed. Um, so it's, it's good news in the round. It's good news for most saving, most savers with most accounts. Um, but it does mean there's this ongoing challenge for savers to take advantage of these anomalously high rates um, where clearly they aren't sustainable over the long term and you know, people to, to take advantage of them, you're having to switch your, your money around. Certainly uh, one group of uh, people who are sort of reliant upon uh, income from their uh, investments are, of course, uh, people uh, in retirement, pensioners. Um, Moira, I suppose w one of the important things here is if inflation is rising and uh, it's not looking like it's going to go away um, overnight, you need to be very careful about the sort of um, pension annuity uh, you use, and you, you, you basically need to tr keep your money keeping up with prices. Yes, well, I can give you a very scary statistic, which is a you know, 65-year-old man who has a £1,000 annuity income, and that's a level annuity that doesn't rise with inflation. Um, he has, at the end of his normal life expectancy, which on average will be another 21 years, um, and assuming that inflation stays near 4%, he's only going to have an income of £440 a year at the end of that. a year? Yes. Um, so that's a massive drop. And that's just 4% inflation? That's just 4% inflation. We're already at 3%. Yeah. But bearing in mind that he's, the likelihood that he may well live a lot longer than 21 years because um, I think he has a 42% chance of living to 90 Imagine what, how that's going to reduce his income. And we all, know, we all now know that um, for people in retirement, inflation is a lot higher than that 4% because they have a lot more to spend on heating, etc. And inflation is nearing 9% now by some reports for people in retirement. So um, buying a, a retirement income, an annuity that doesn't increase inflation, 
is looking like a bad bet at the moment. Certainly. In fact, we have a report from you coming up later in the, in the programme all about um, annuities. And um, finally, Steve, uh, one strange um, sort of wrinkle which has come out of the Chancellor's mini-budget on income tax is that although he's increased the personal allowance for uh, everybody... Um, saving people um, tax, he's uh, lowered this threshold at which we start to pay 40% tax, which has pushed a lot of people temporarily into this 40% bracket, which presumably means they can um, they can get a bit, bit more tax relief on their pension contributions. Well, it, it, that seems to be the suggestion, Matthew. I mean, this, it really is an utter shambles, this mini-budget thing. Um, the... Um, <laughs> We are, we are meant to, all political parties are meant to agree on tax simplification. That is one thing we have not had in the last year, however you cut it. Um, certainly on income tax, you might say uh, capital gains tax has been uh, simplified in a way, albeit much criticised at the same time. But yes, if, if the result of this change is to um, bring more people into the higher rate tax band, which I think is the suggestion... Um, of these various wrinkles, then there is the opportunity to get high rate tax relief, one would think. But then, correct if I'm wrong, um, the changes are for one year only, I think. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's a, it appears to be a one-off, and then it's uh, sort of back to square one, mm. um, next pre-budget report, yeah. or, uh, next budget. Anyway, we'll have to wait and see how um, that pans out. And if you'd like to know more about the effects of this week's announcements on both uh, tax and inflation on your finances, look out for the articles in this week's FT Money in the weekend FT on the 17th and 18th of May, and online at ft.com forward slash money. You can also also send in your questions for us to answer by emailing us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. Still to come in the programme, pension annuities, why they're paying more income as a result of the credit crunch, and some good news and bad news on making payments in euros. But first, house prices. This week, Housing Minister Caroline Flint inadvertently revealed what we all suspected. Her speaking notes for a meeting in Downing Street showed that even putting the best possible government spin on the figures, house prices are set to fall by up to 10% this year. And, in her very own words, we can't know how bad it will get. But there is still one group of homeowners who won't be too worried about Ms Flint's briefing notes. They're still seeing strong demand for their properties and high prices. As a result, they helped increase the number of million-pound properties sold last year by 36%. So to find out where these properties are and how much they cost, Charlene Goff from FT Money spoke to the chief economist at the Halifax, Martin Ellis, and she began by asking him about disparities in the housing market. Certainly if you look at what's happening right at the top end in terms of properties which are priced over a million pounds, um, figures for 2007 showed a very big increase compared with 2006, actually a, a rise of 36%, which does continue the long-term trend, whereas been a, a very large increase in the number of properties uh, valued at over £1 million. So that, that very top end of the market, certainly going through 2007, was very strong, and certainly in the second half of the year was bucking the overall trend, whereby we were seeing a decline in the level of transactions for the market as a whole. And within um, the top end of the market, are there any particular trends that you've identified, areas that have been doing better than they have been in previous years, for example? 
I think it's interesting because if you look back at uh, at this end of the market, it's always been very much dominated by certain parts of London, and that's what you would expect. Uh, we all know about large numbers of transactions, a million pounds plus uh, in Kensington and Chelsea and Westminster. But uh, a notable feature has been how London's share of this end of the market has declined um, over recent years. And it's really sort of found out across the rest of the country. And uh, there are certainly pockets of um, very expensive properties um, popping up uh, right around Britain. Um, for example, we're seeing this happening um, as you'd expect in the southeast in some areas of Surrey. But uh, also there are places uh, within Cheshire, for example, um, and around Macclesfield and, and Trafford, uh, which have seen some big increases. Also, Edinburgh is another hot spot for very expensive properties. So it's something which has become much more widespread and is no longer just something which is concentrated in central London. Right, and obviously that was um, up until the end of last year, um, there's been a bit more doom and gloom in the market since. What would you say has been happening um, at the premium end in, in the last few months? I think the premium end has held up fairly well, but there are certainly sort of some signs of softening. And I wouldn't expect to see the sort of spectacular increases that we've seen in recent years in the number of properties being sold for over a million pounds. Um, but there are still signs that, yes, it's holding up relatively well. For example, uh, buyers who are looking at properties at this price bracket are not really being affected by the tightening in mortgage criteria, for example. Uh, we're not looking at people here who are looking to take out mortgages which are worth 95% um, of the value of the property, for, for example. So, yes, they're not being affected by that pressure. But, of course, you know, this end of the market is not immune from what's happening, happening elsewhere in the market. Um, housing chains are still very important. Uh, but we are seeing sort of a general slowdown in the economy, not just in the UK, but also globally as well. And, of course, um, global investors are an important feature um, at the very top end of the UK property market. That was Charlene Goff talking to Martin Ellis from the Halifax. And for the latest on the housing market, visit ft.com forward slash house prices. Coming up, we have good news and bad news on paying for things in euros. Before that, though, pension annuities. Amid all of the bad news to come out of the credit crunch, one group of people is actually doing rather well. Investors looking to retire right now. They've been benefiting from a raging price war between insurers who are battling it out for the top price spots, forcing annuity rates to a five-year high. It's all come about because the credit crunch has pushed up the yields on corporate bonds, which in turn has sent annuity rates higher. But the question is, will these rates last? Now, Moira, I know you've been looking into this, this very subject. Yes, I have. Um, it all looks very good if you're looking to retire this year or maybe you were thinking next year or at some point or ease yourself into retirement, particularly my, my own father. I had to alert him to this this week that annuity rates are at a five-year high and it's probably not going to last much longer. So yeah, make the um, move now. So make the move now. Get that first payment from your annuity provider. And um, I spoke to Nigel Callahan, who's pensions analyst at Hargreaves Lansdowne, and I began by asking him how much higher annuity rates are today compared to this time last year. 
It's fantastically good news for retiring investors because annuity rates are at a five-year high. Uh, indeed, they're 6%, 6 or 7% higher than they were just 12 months ago and uh, an incredible 12% than they were merely two years ago. Uh, so people are getting fat, you know, pretty good uh, returns on their pension money now. Um, so if you've got a £100,000 pension and you're a 65-year-old male what can you buy with that today? Um, you would get uh, almost 7.8% return, um, annual return on your money, which, um, as I say, in comparison to what you would get from a bank account, is uh, a pretty good rate of return. Right. So you'll get £7,800 a year income um, compared to, say, is it about 6000 last year? Uh, not quite as much as that, Maura. Um, You'd get uh, you'd get slightly under seven thousand eight hundred today per annum uh, for your hundred thousand pound pension savings. Uh, two years ago, you would have got about six thousand nine hundred. But what is going to happen going forward? Are these rates going to last? Uh, well, that's the uh, million dollar question, really. Uh, I guess it depends on whether you're a bear or a bull, really. Um, there's two main factors that can drag down annuity rates. Firstly, life expectancy. Uh, the good news is we're all living longer. However, that, from a pension perspective, means that your pension savings need to last that much longer. Uh, so longer life expectancy tends to drag down annuity rates. And secondly, uh, corporate bonds, which um, is a fair proportion of the investments that back annuities, um, and indeed, that's what's largely caused the increase in the yield and spreads and the uh, income that an annuity generates. Um, if corporate bonds, uh, the price of corporate bonds do recover, which many corporate bond managers think is likely, um, then the yields and spreads will fall, which would tend also to reduce the uh, income that annuities will play. However, on the other side of the coin... Um, if the economy does nosedive, um, which, again, many commentators think could happen, then um, confidence will evaporate, uh, borrowing for both companies and individuals become even more um, difficult, uh, which would tend to fuel inflation, which is a pretty topical debate at the moment uh, with uh, the announcement from the Bank of England yesterday. Um, and that um, it would tend to be good news for annuity rates. Uh, higher inflation tends to increase annuity rates. So it, you're saying it could go either way? Uh, I'm afraid to sit on the fence, but it literally could go uh, either way. Uh, I, guess, I guess the only thing that we do know is that um, annu today's annuity rates are 12%, almost 12% higher than they were just two years ago. They're at a five-year high point today. Um, and uh, it might be prudent for some investors who uh, are thinking about retiring to uh, fix into uh, that guaranteed income uh, with at least part of their pension savings now. So if you're going to retire this year, or maybe you're thinking of doing it next year, the message is consider doing it now absolutely you know if you are thinking about retiring um, there's no guarantees that rates are either going to stay the same or indeed go up they might do but that that's a risk 
Uh, all we do know is that, as I say, they're at a five-year high now. If you buy an annuity today, you fix that rate for the rest of your life. And as I say, that can be quite a long time. The average 65-year-old man is going to live on average for a further 21 years, and you can fix that rate today. That was Nigel Callaghan of Hargreaves Lansdowne. And Moira, from what Nigel was saying, it sounds like it really is quite good news if you're looking to retire now. Yes, but the high rates are for level annuities. We need to emphasise that, not for the um, annuities that rise in line with inflation. Or the escalating the annuities, escalating that annuities. That we mentioned in Money News, which you kind of need so if you're going to keep your pension ahead of these rising rates of inflation. Yes, um, and there's another big um, issue for um, annuity buyers at the moment, and that is make sure you don't... Um, just take the annuity that you're offered by your current pension provider. It's very, very important to shop around because there will be some possibly much, much better rates on offer from other insurance companies. In fact, I've been told that the best rates in annuities are only um, on offer from a handful of insurers. Most insurers offer pretty rubbish rates at the moment. So the chances are that the, the company that you've got your pension with will not be the best annuity no. provider. Now, this, is, this is always referred to as the open market option, isn't it? You, know, you have the option to go into the open market, get the best possible rate, and, but, they're, but they're supposed to tell you this. And yeah, they, Do they, they, they really? They have to tell you this. Yeah. And if you look in the small print, you'll probably find that they have told you this. Whether you've noticed it is another question. Some insurers, they, they send you a letter before you're about to retire, um, and in that, they, they have to tell you about this open market option. Um, some insurers put it in big, bold um, writing on the first page of the letter, and other insurers put it in very small print, perhaps at page three. So it's, um, yeah, make sure that you know that you can shop around. Is the regulator going to do anything to, to, to make this um, you know, easier for people to, you know, to realise? They're definitely looking into it, and we're expecting an announcement from them um, possibly this week. Um, it's not expected to be good news for the insurers. We're expecting um, we don't care financial about them. services authority. <laughs> we don't mind about that. We're expecting them to be quite hard on insurers this week um, and, and say that they really need to buck their ideas up in terms of giving information to consumers. Well, that should certainly help with uh, uh, choosing the best possible annuity. Um, of course, insurers are, are raking in the money by offering rub rubbish rates as, as well. You know, it's, this, um, it, it's in their interests to um, not to inform you <laughs> of the fact that you can shop elsewhere. Thank you, Maura. And for more on finding the best possible annuity rates, uh, look out for Maura's two articles, a double bill in Investors Chronicle, uh, the first one on sale uh, on the 16th of May and the, uh, the, the other the week after on the 23rd. <laughs> And finally today, it's good news, bad news on paying for things in euros. Um, Steve, I know you're a sort of you know a European traveller who's often paying for all kinds of things in euros. Man. Yes, exactly, international man of uh, of some mystery, mystery. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, uh, traditionally, paying for things in euros has been bad news because the sorts of exchange rates you get are pretty ropey, aren't they? Um, well, exchange, there are a couple of things here, Matthew. Yes, everyone knows the strength, current strength of the euro. I mean, the particular service that I've looked at in this week's Deal of the Week is on 
on making transfers, which could be payments, but could be just transfers, um, in euros from Britain. Um, now, one bank, Citibank, UK, part of the world's biggest bank, is actually making these payments free. Traditionally, with your high street banks, you've you've at worst been hit for translating into euros, and then you've been hit when you've actually done the transfer. Um, now, with with growing um, cross-border working, with growing cross-border home ownership, clearly people are making payments. People like myself self as well, yourself, you know, who might book uh, hotels and accommodation for a holiday in Europe, um, and, and they want some money up front. I mean, typically that tends to work with self-catering holidays more. Um, in the past, you know, someone said, make a euro payment. My God, how on earth do I do that uh, from Britain? Um, this sort of service should make it easier. But you have to be with Citibank. Right. Um, the transfer itself is free, but of course you might be starting with pounds in the first place, in which case you suffer a conversion charge, whether it comes directly from your sterling account or whether you transfer first from your sterling account into their euro account. And part of the bad news, of course, is that their euro account inevitably has a few strings and costs attached. Certainly. So it's probably not worth opening one, you know, an account to do this if you're just going to book your sort of weekend in uh uh, in, in northern France for, for your holiday. Um, but uh, who might benefit? I mean, Moira, can you think of people who um, could be making regular payments um, in euros? Well, I met up with a good friend of mine last night. She she lives in Paris. She's just married a Frenchman. They have a mortgage on a flat. Um, but she's uh, she works for an English firm, and she's paid in sterling. Um, and she's very worried about um, keeping up with her mortgage payments on the flat. I mean, of course, this sort of service won't help with the exchange rate itself. I'm afraid no, we've all yeah. got to live with that. Although there are currency broking services that allow you to fix your exchange rate. So, so she, she, can, she can fix, but she would be fixing at a currently poor rate. But she would protect herself from a further worsening in the rate. Um, that may or may not suit her, of course. This sort of service, though, does suit um, someone who, who does have cross-border relationships, literally in this case, um, but financial relationships where they're having to make regular payments, um, uh, whether it's for a mortgage or indeed for, 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 for probably many more listeners, for, for second homes. Um, in the past, you've had to often have a local bank account, and this is all part of a, a general movement towards what is called the, the SEPA agreement, single European payments, um, single European payment area. Oh, which, right. is, which is a great invention of the EU, which well, is why I, I would have guessed that. Well, exactly, yes, I had to look it up uh, for exactly that reason. You may not have heard of this, um, but the whole idea is it's roughly what it sounds like, is, to, is we're all Europeans now, that means we all bank together. Um, but actually, domestic banking systems have been very, very different with different clearing times, different banks transfer type systems and so on. And the good old banks, of course, have taken advantage of this or, or possibly they've just been, you know, they've not liked it either. And they've charged at every stage of the events. For example, I, I mean, I was told this week by one uh, sort of payments expert that a traditional um, bank cross-border bank transfer at worst could involve two intermediary banks. 
So you start with your... To go across one border. Yes, uh, to, to get... Yeah, exactly. So you start with your own bank, uh, your own small bank, this would be, or a building site in the UK. They then bank with a NatWest or whatever, and NatWest may... And the whole point about all these intermedi- intermediation, of course, is extra cost, extra hassle, extra time, loss of interest and so on potentially. So then it goes to NatWest, then it goes over to Deepest Lichtenstein or wherever you're, you're transferring your money to, Matthew. Um, <laughs> and I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, the, um, but then the, the, the private bank in Lichtenstein you want to get to in turn isn't international enough, so you have to go through another intermediary. And all, all along the way, this takes a little bit, it's a little bit of clipping of your money. Certainly is. Um, I miss travellers' checks. Anyway, if you'd like to know more about uh, this um, payment service uh, from Citibank, um, Steve has made it his deal of the week in FT Money, which is on sale with the weekend FT on the 17th and 18th of May. And that's all we've got time for in this week's FT Money show. Do remember that you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Stephen Moira. Goodbye. Goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.